listening to Weight Loss in the Mind, the podcast starring Scott Patton and Shane James. Let's join them now. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Weight Loss in the Mind. I'm your co-host, Scott Patton, along with Shane James. Hey, Shane, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome today, Scott. Good, Thinking good. fit and being fit as usual. Oh. Or how about you? Are you thinking fit and being fit? I am. i got to say, buddy, you look fit. You look great. And... I'm not coming out of the closet. <laughs> you know, okay, thank you. <laughs> Just wanted to say, looking good. And, and I was thinking about it when I was deciding whether I would do this or not. And I thought, you know, how often do we give people compliments in our lives? That's right. You know, not as often as we should, I think. So I thought, I'm going to make a change. Give you a compliment right off the hop with today's podcast. Cool. And you should look at Shane. He's got this huge big grin on his face and he's just like ecstatic. That's right. What was it? Four words, right? Four words. You look great. Three words. That's right. (laughs) Three words. And you know what the good thing too is, is that you've got a huge smile on your face because you did something good for somebody else. That's right. It works both ways. It hugely works both ways. Yeah. So awesome thing. Thank you. Yeah. And that was actually something I learned from uh, one of my sons. Wow. How, how important it was because I went up to him one day and I said, you, you know I love you, right? And he looks at me and says, Dad, of course I know. And I thought, okay, well, how do you know? And he said, because you tell me every day. Yeah. And I th- you know, constant repetition. Right? Yeah. And I thought, oh, cool. And that's right. Every day I tell both my boys if they're around, you know, that I love them. That's right. And I just wonder, and again... I have great relationships with them, so yeah. I really think being grateful and also expressing it That's right. in a positive way with people uh, brings it back. Well, it's true. It's a lot of times we just think that people know that. Yeah. You know, we just assume that other people know. You know, in your family, you assume that, well, everyone knows. Of course, I love, love you, Mom, yeah. right? But you know, how often course. do you say it? Right? That's right. It's a whole different thing. And especially generational. Like, my parents grew up uh, on the prairies. It was, you know, minus 40 degrees. That there was no insulation in the small home that they lived in. You know, yeah. if they didn't do a really good job in the garden in the summer, they starved in the winter, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, and it took my mom years and years of years of saying, you know, I love you, mom, for her to get to the point where she would go, yeah, I know, and accept it. And yeah. then finally, I've got her to, yeah, I love you too, right? And but you can tell it's like pulling teeth. Yeah. They're just not used to it, right? But yeah. they do appreciate it. That's right. That's right. It must be a prairie thing. Yeah. I, I don't know. Anyone that lives in the mountains or by the ocean and you've got the same thing going on with your folks, let us know, yeah. all right? Now we just lost all our prairie listeners. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, prairie, prairie folk are great. That's right. And the people on the water are great. And everywhere you go, that's people right. are great. Well, I grew up on the prairies. So. Yeah, so did I. So, yeah, both of us did. So Yeah, we know what it's like. So, so we can we can bash the prairies a little bit because we grew up there, right? We we've earned the right to do that, right? That's right. Uh, okay, well before. But we love the prairies still. That's, that's right. our roots. That's right, and they're deep. Before we go any further, if you're living, uh, I'm just in looking. Canada. No, okay. not in Canada. I'm just looking for the comment. Okay, here it is. If you're living in England, and you're female. And your name begins with R. Yes, that's not me. No, it's not me either. <laughs> in fact, if your name is Rebecca, this is a shout out for Rebecca in England. She emailed us, left us a comment, said, I had my iPod for two weeks, downloaded as many of your shows as I can, and I've joined the gym. 
Good for you. Way to go. You two have really got my got me motivated. Thank you very much. I hope to have good news to tell you soon about my weight loss. Yeah. And she says, send out a shout out to me, Rebecca. So Rebecca, way to go. Woohoo, Rebecca. Keep in touch. Hello out there. <laughs> and anybody else? Hey. We aim to please. She asked for something. She got it. You can ask for something and you can get it too. If you've got any comments or questions, head over to weightloss.podomatic.com. Leave them for us. Um, you know, we love getting them. It makes our day. And also, we'll answer the questions or, or give you a shout out if you want. That's right. Yeah, we aim to please. Now, Shane, I know you've got like 20 pages of notes that you want to go through today. But before... We do. Mm -hmm. We have one more car story. Oh, we do have a car story. (laughs) This is a good one. Now, those those of you that have been listening know that Shane and I have lost cars in car parks. Yes. Shane has gone to a huge music festival and had his car, I was going to say stolen, but removed. Removed, yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I really didn't think that I'd ever... I certainly would never want to beat that story. N- have no desire to beat that story, but I. But you did beat that story. <laughs> but I did beat that story. And when you told me the story, I-, I thought, how can this just happen after that happened to my car, and then you come back and tell me the story? At first, I thought you had to make this up, yeah. <laughs> but I, you didn't make it up. This is a true story, folks. My son John is 18 years old, wonderful jazz musician played at a jazz boot camp here in Vancouver. They liked him so much, they, they did uh, like a bottle drive, a, a charity drive or whatever to raise yep. money, and they sent him to Stanford University just outside of San Francisco, California. Full scholarship. All cool. he had to do was get down there. So I thought, you know, it'd be, it's a beautiful drive going down from British Columbia through Washington State, through Oregon State, along the coast, and then the north coast of California. It's gorgeous. There's these huge winding roads. Sometimes you're right beside this massive beach where, like, there's nobody in Oregon, right? And huge waves crashing. And then when you get into San San Francisco, when you get into California, you've got the redwoods, which are awesome. And we're driving along, and and you just go around this curve, and all of a sudden there are these 500 year old massive trees right and we're we drive around this corner and my son goes oh you know you're impressing him right yeah and then the the highway winds along and it's like a thousand foot cliff straight down you're right on the edge of it and just ocean on one side and desert on the other It's, it's gorgeous so i said to him let's drive down right and of course he's got like two guitars a sax an amp and our clothes right so i mean how are you gonna like fly down or drive, you know, or take a train or a bus. Yeah. It's pretty rough, right? So we drove down. And my car, as Shane knows, is a good, dependable 20-year-old car. Yeah. And when you go 1,200 miles with, like, one break to sleep, it's hard on your car. And we were heading up to the Golden Gate Bridge, and there was a little steam coming out from under the hood. So we stopped, and of course, of course, it's like seven o'clock on a Saturday, so nothing's open, and there's no place to go and everything else. And and we, you know, we put some water in, we put some oil in. We thought, you know, it's going. I mean, there's no red lights on or anything. And uh, the Golden Gate Bridge, Saturday at seven o'clock, is lined up for about seven miles. <laughs> Four lanes of traffic stopped, right? 
And we're inching along, yeah. inching along, inching along. And I'm thinking, please, you know, don't, you know, sounds good. Everything's good. Just a little bit of steam coming. Let's please not, you know, and who wants to yeah. be, you know, stopped on the Golden Gate Let's Bridge, Let's make right? it over the bridge. Let's make it over the bridge. We made it over the bridge. And then we, uh, then you have to go through the San Francisco itself, so small streets and stuff. It's gorgeous. And I'm looking at this one neighborhood that we went through, and I thought, you know, this would be really cool. I didn't know at the time. It was like five blocks away from Fisherman's Wharf which is where I wanted to hang out. So my son was going to hang out at Stanford. I was going to hang out at Fisherman's Wharf, yeah. right? So we get on to the 101, this massive freeway, you know, like six lanes going yeah. one direction sort of thing, right? We go up the up ramp. We turn around. All of a sudden, the red light goes on. We get around this corner, and the power, like I'm pushing the gas, and we're not going very fast, yeah. right? And this, the cars, when, what they do is they go around this corner, it's an incline, and they boot it. Like, and this truck's right on my tail, honking, right? <laughs> so what do you do when someone honks at you and you're in a strange city? You get off the road. What I, I pull right off as fast as I could, the car dies. So there we are, it's like 10 o'clock, Saturday night, 101 South Freeway, San Francisco, cars whizzing by, and my car is not running. And so we wait. We see a, a police car goes by. He turns his lights on. We think, well, okay, he's going to come by. We see him go the opposite direction. We think, great, he's going to come by. <laughs> Twenty minutes later, there's no cop car. <laughs> and and you know, there's a few taxis going by, but you can't stop where yeah. we are, right? You know, I mean, it's dangerous, yeah. right? And finally, we said, well, okay. So here I am, Saturday night. I'm going to have to go find a cab or something. We've got to do something. Nobody's stopping. There's nobody coming. We're, we're basically hooped, right? Yeah. And I have visions of leaving and my car having, you know, no tires, no engine, yeah, no, yeah. no, none of our stuff. You know, just, I mean, hey, I'm 1,200 miles away from home. Yeah. I'm not doing too secure or safe, right? So I say to my and I'm not going to leave my son there to watch, and I'm not going to send my son off to, you know, like, see, we're, right. we're not leaving, right? Because the most valuable thing i got is my son. You're in a catch-22. Yeah, that's right. So I said to him, okay, John, pick one thing, the one thing you don't want to lose, grab it, I'm going to grab my one thing, because we can't carry all this yeah. stuff, and we're going to go see if we can get a cab. So you grabbed each other. <laughs> go ahead. Go on. <laughs> he grabs his guitar. He's got this two thousand dollar handmade guitar, right? And I grab my computer. No surprise, what we pick, right? Yeah. And and of course we're on the shoulder, and we look over the edge, and there's an, an incline. Mm -hmm. So we start climbing down the incline, right? And just say, let me cut you off for a minute. And you're probably the only guy that I know to this day that's totally successful and still doesn't have a cell phone. That's right. Yeah, no <laughs> yeah, cell phone. I'm telling you, Scott still does not have a cell phone to this day. I'm like, I guess maybe that's why he has so much money because he just doesn't doesn't spend what we spend all our stuff on, right? So go ahead. This, bet, you, bet you wish you had one that time. That was the one time I thought I would have liked to have had a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> Although what I would have done was called you and said, Shane, yeah. I'm on the 101 <laughs> South in San Francisco. What do I do? That's right. Who do you know here? <laughs> Who do you know here? Do a podcast. Maybe we've got a listener in San Francisco. <laughs> right. So okay. we go down this incline, and there's this wall, right? And then there's this uh, a chain link fence beside the wall. Yeah. And this voice comes out of the wall. Like the wall's in shadow. You can't see. It's pitch black, right? Yeah. 
And this voice comes out. And I so go, you're hearing things. I'm hearing things now, right? You know, but it's coming from <laughs> yeah. below me, so I know it's not God talking to me. Yeah. Right? And and I said, and so he says, do you have a ladder? And I go, no. And I said, how do you how do you get out of here? He says, oh, there's a hole in the fence just over there. So sure enough, there was walk through the hole in the fence. Now you have to understand, this is a freeway. It's not built in the best neighborhood, right? Yeah. So we're no, we know we're not in the best neighborhood. Right, we can't really tell if these are homes or if it's warehouses or whatever. Yeah. Not feeling that good, but we walk down the street. We come to a garage, uh, a gas station. Yeah. Right. Go to the gas station. The doors are locked and everything else. He will just talk to you through a microphone. Right. <laughs> so you feel even more safe. Yeah. And I said, you know, my car broke down. I need a phone. Blah 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 blah. So he gives me the phone and he gives me a uh, a phone book. We call the cab and. I'm talking to the cab driver, you know, the, the dispatcher, and I don't even believe me. I'm thinking, like, I don't even sound like, who would believe that I just got here 1,200 miles, my car died, yeah. right? I don't even believe me. Yeah. And I can tell the dispatcher doesn't believe yeah. me, right? So, uh, and no cell phone. And no cell phone, right? <laughs> you know, so I tell him where I am. He says, in 20 minutes, there'll be a cab. 30 minutes go by, no cab. We're, and my son looks up and he sees this cab go by. And, he, and we've seen a number of them, but this one, he waves and the guy pulls over. And we, we have a cab, right? And my, my son says, you know, this isn't the cab company we called that. And I says, yeah, I know. And he says, I don't think that cab was coming. I says, I know. <laughs> so this guy drives up and now we're watching, right? Like we're watching the up ramp. We're watching where we were to get on. We're watching where we merged to get on. There is no place for us to pull over. Like on the on the freeway, where that lane ends yeah. is a wall, right? We pull around a corner, there's the car. Everything is still the way it was. He pulls off. I think he pulled off in front, in, in, uh, it doesn't matter where he pulled off. We get all our stuff out and the, ca- and the car is over enough that you know no one will hit it or anything else like that. We made sure it was safe. And then he takes us off to, to find a hotel because now it's like 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night on a Saturday night in San Francisco. My son doesn't have to be where he's supposed to be till noon on Sunday. So I said, we're just going to get a, a motel, a hotel, and uh, I'll get a car tomorrow and take my son, look after him, and then I'll look after the car, yeah. right? And throughout this whole process, nobody is, there's no gnashing of teeth, no one's upset, no one's yelling or screaming. It's just like, this is the way it is. Our problem now is we need to get a cab, we need to get a place to sleep, and then tomorrow we'll look after the yeah. problem. Lucky you heard my story, how I, how I handled my car, right? Well, I'm modeling <laughs> you. Know, thanks to me, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> it was just but, but, but no, no, all of the stuff we're doing really helps to keep calm when yeah, challenges course. occur, right? Of course. So, <clears throat> so he takes off. He, so he's pulled over to the side. We're in the, car, in the cab. He pulls out. Finally, there's a break in traffic. He pulls out, right? Mm, yeah. We drive for another three miles before the next exit. There is no place to pull off. There is wall-to-wall traffic. There's no shoulders on freeways in San Francisco, except where my car stalled. Wow. Right? So I'm absolutely convinced that my car stalled, gave out. You know, it's kind of like the, in the westerns when the horses, or you know, the horse goes and goes and goes as hard as he can, and finally they make it to give the message to the sheriff or whatever, and the horse dies. Yeah. This is what I feel like my car. Like it was like the only place for like ten miles that it could have died, and I wouldn't have been run into like forty-five times was where it died. Right. Uh, for a reason. Oh man, am I ever glad it died where it died? I'm sad it died. 
but I'm glad it died. Big positive in there. That's a huge positive. Like, we're healthy, right? We could have been in the hospital. Yeah. You know, if it had died on the highway, I would have, like, opened the doors and get out of here as fast as you can. That's right. Because the guy behind me wasn't stopping. He was honking. Yeah. And he was like three feet behind me. And he was speeding up. <laughs> right? So, okay. So it's Saturday night, San Francisco. We're in a cab. We have all our stuff. We're off to find a hotel. Thirteen hotels later, we have not found one with a spare empty room. So we go to hotel after hotel. Is there one? No. Is it? What about those three around? No. We're all, they're all full. Everything's full. Why is it full? I don't know. Saturday night in San Francisco. Finally, we find this hotel. I walk in. Do you have a room? Yes. Oh, good. We'll take it. Uh, one person or two. How many are you? Uh, two people. Oh, one bed or two? Uh, I'd like to have two two beds, please. Yeah. We only have one. Oh, well, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Smoking or non-smoking? Uh, non-smoking. It's a smoking room. All right, I'll take it. Yeah. You know? yeah. like, you're asking me all these questions. I don't room. care. I want a room, right? <laughs> okay, so and it's this amount of money, right? Like, it's a small, dumpy little hotel, and it's charging as much as the Hilton does, yeah. right? Because he knows every room is full in, in San Francisco, yeah. right? I give him the money, get the key, three different groups of people knock on the door. Do you have a room? No, we're full. Do you have a room? No, we're full. Do you have a room? No, we're full. I'm about to leave. He says, by the way, the only reason you got the room, this guy just phoned and canceled. <laughs> Another positive? Another positive, right? Being in the right place at the right, right time. So the next day, Oh, we called the uh, state patrol, told them about the car. They got somebody to, they, they make the decisions whether they leave it or don't leave it, or they impound it, tow it away, or whatever. They towed it away. I'm glad they towed it away, because they took the risk of stopping on the highway to pull it away. <laughs> I would not have wanted to be with a tow truck trying to get my car off the shoulder onto the freeway, yeah. because the traffic was massive. I mean, it was huge, right? So the next day, rented a car, got John to uh, Stanford in time. Now, Stanford is a massive university, practically a city unto itself. And it took us an hour to find where he was supposed to be in Stanford. Yeah. It was unbelievable how big it was. I just, you know, there it is on the map, right? <laughs> oh, it's yeah. like massive. And he just had the best time of his life. And the next week, cool. I, I just took a little bit of time every day. I got my car out of the pound. I got it to a garage. The garage says, you know what? It's a $500 car and it's a $1,600 bill to check to see if we can fix the gasket. If we can't, four grand for a new engine. Here's another thing. You're the only guy that I know that's totally successful that still drove that car. <laughs> and which we still can't figure out. So now we're all saying, we all keep telling them, go get a new, nice car. It's not like you can't afford it. Go get a flipping newer car. So for me now, it's happened for a reason, so we have to get a flipping new car. It's about time. That's right. That's right. Well, and, oh, and the phone with that too, please. <laughs> I don't think you'll ever get me on a cell phone. Never, ever in a million years are you going to get me on a cell phone. Be careful who you're talking to. Yeah, I know. I know. You already told me my birthday I'm getting a cell phone. And, and I can see that it, there are advantages to having, having one, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so then, we, uh, I mean, is, is that not enough of a, oh my goodness, that's quite a car story? I went to San Francisco and lost my car in San Francisco. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and left it there. And left it You're there. You're the only guy I think that I'll ever know that goes with a car and comes home with no car and just leaves it. There. That's right. That's right. Uh, 
And so we ended up taking it to, uh, to a junkyard. So how do I get home is the next question, right? Because my son has two guitars, a sax, an amp, and all this stuff. Yeah. And I looked at the, uh, taking the train back, because I thought we could do that, 48 hours on a train, you know, about the same amount of time it would take to drive. You know, at this point in time, I'm thinking, like, I just want to get home, right? Two-hour flight. So 48 hours, two hours, 48 hours, two hours, right? The other thing is, is as, as you may or may not know, is I do a lot of copywriting, and I had a copywriting job, and I was working on it while I was in San Francisco. The guy that didn't like the copy, and I, it's really important to me that this particular individual like it because he's very influential and I want to impress him. So I talked to him on Friday, so I've got just about everything done. Yeah. You know, The car is looked after. Uh, I just have to figure out how to get home, and I'm deciding on a train or a plane. And I'm talking to this guy, and he absolutely hates the sales letter that I wrote. You know, just a sec. When you say, i got to find a plane or a train, it so reminds me of that movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, <laughs> yeah. right? Chevy Chase? Yeah. They go across the thing, and they like pretty much get onto everything, and everything screws up? That's right. As you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Except in my case, nothing was screwing up. Everything was working out right for a reason. <laughs> you know, right. you, could, you could have said, oh, you know, you lost a car and that's bad, but I never at that po- at any point in time thought it was bad. Oh, and the other thing is, is in my car, I just put a brand, like not even a month ago, a brand new $500 stereo system. <laughs> so what did I tell the guy at the garage? Pull the stereo system. That's right. So I'm, I'm leaving with my stereo system and my plates, right? <laughs> that's right. That's all I'm leaving with, with right? So this guy hates my sales copy, right? And, I, and we had an hour-long conversation, and I convinced him, you know, you're not going to be able to get another copywriter. It's Friday until Monday at the earliest. Let me work over the weekend on it, and Monday morning, if you look at this and you still feel the same way, then fine. You know, we'll part as friends, right? Because right now the story is, you know, for a number of reasons, not all of which are, are I had any influence on, but... We didn't do what we promised. We took way longer than we should have, and because I didn't know this at all. You know, the person that asked me to write the copy was not this guy; it was someone else. And he asked me two months after this guy had asked him to get the copy done, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. starting two months late. So we're late, right? Which I didn't know. No one told me. But I said, you know, right now the story is, you know, we're a bunch of bums. We're late. We're, we're lazy. We're not doing a very good job, and everything else. So I mean, at least if Monday. It's still not good enough. You can say, you know what, Scott busted his butt yeah. over the weekend. We tried the best that we could. There were some misunderstandings, but you know they, they did the best they could. He just couldn't write as good as what I wanted. That's right. I said, a much better story, right? So, but here's what I hadn't thought of when I said that. Saturday and Sunday, I could have been on a train. And I don't know about you, but clickety-clunk, 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 bouncing up and down is not really conducive to creative writing. That's right. And I mean... <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm going to blow your horn a little bit, but you've been ranked one of the top sales copywriter in the world. Your, your stuff is good, and I'll vouch for it. Thank you. I've seen your stuff, and it's just a phenomenal. That's why you yeah. get so many so many gigs, right? Yeah. So, so there's yeah. a compliment to you. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, I feel very good about that. So I, co- I check out the flights and everything else. cost me almost the same to take the train as to take, take a flight. And I think, you know what? I know what time I need to pick my son up on Saturday. We can get the two, you know, it's 10 o'clock in the morning, get the 2 o'clock flight, be home at 6, and then I'll have, so I'll have all day Friday to write, part of Saturday to write, and then all day Sunday to write. And uh, I talked to Mary, and she was going to type it all out for me because I am a, I am a, what's called a religious typist. 
two fingers, seek and ye shall find. So extremely slow, right? But Marion's very fast. So Kind of so slow like how you buy a new car and get a cell phone. That's right. Same, same <laughs> I idea. I had to put that in yeah. there again. People look at me and say, Scott, like you just know so much about all this high-tech stuff, and you don't know how to use a cell phone. <laughs> and your car like still is like a standard. Yeah, you know, yeah no computer in it or anything, but <laughs> that's, right. that's all right. Go on. That's right. That was one of the cool things about the car I rented. It had one of these little... Uh, screens and you could push in your destination and it would have the map and it would tell you when to turn and there you go oh, it was very very cool <laughs> but i had it was three days with the car before i even even dared push any numbers <laughs> in so we're all technophobes about something i think but so anyway i get this i get this these two tickets right and i tell my son okay you know the car is gone and we're gonna fly and of course he's freaking out because he's got two guitars an amp and a sax and all he thinks about is airplane handlers are going to be throwing these things against the wall, right? Yeah. So he's totally freaked out about that. And they're worth like five grand or something like That's that. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're thousands and thousands of dollars. And he, everybody that he knows, like in the, and in the forums and everything, talking about travel, the, the airlines just abuse the equipment, right? And everything else. And it, so I said, well, first of all, I have a passport. I know I'm flying home. You didn't bring your passport we don't know if you're even going to be allowed on the plane. <laughs> so, you so there's another big obstacle. That's right. He doesn't even have a passport. He doesn't have a passport. He has his and, and driver's... With the, and with our new laws now, with the Canadian States, you can't go across without a passport now. It's very difficult. Well, yeah. It's, yeah, it's going to be more difficult. Yeah. Right now, it's kind of in the, in the changing stage, yeah. right? It's a little flexible. But yeah, so it's kind of like, this was a whole exercise in uncertainty, right? Because I was uncertain if I was going to drive home. I was uncertain if I was going to get my car fixed. I was uncertain if I was going to get smashed behind. I was uncertain. You know, I just spent 700 800 bucks on a, two tickets that I didn't know that IBL should be able to use. You were uncertain if your son was even going to come home with you. Well, I mean, and if <laughs> That's he a bit of a problem. Well, yeah. I mean, if he's not allowed on, I'm not yeah, going. That's right. Right? I mean, I'm not going to leave him in San Francisco. I'll see you later, <laughs> stay right? With the, here, stay with the car. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Go find a flower child somewhere. So... So we, you know, and he's, I mean, and he's really concerned about all this stuff. And I say, well, look, first things first. And then we get into the lineup and uh, it's, it's uh, the wrong lineup. So no problem. They tell us where to go because it's a shared flight. And I went to w- one of the two companies that shared the flight and it, they said, no, the other one is, is managing it. So we went to the other one and there was someone there saying, you know, the sign in thing. So I go to sign in electronically, you know, it, it comes to. John, I can't sign him in because you need the passport or some other piece of ID that we don't have, right? So she looks at me like, what's going on? And, of course, I tell this big soft story about, you know, my car died and we can't drive home, so we have to fly and all this sort of stuff. And we didn't know, so he has a passport. So and, she says, and we grew up in Saskatchewan. Yeah. <laughs> that usually helps us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that explains a lot, yeah. right? So she says, just a minute. And so she leaves for 10 or 15 minutes, right? Of course, the longer they're gone, the worse you feel, like, oh, no, right? And she comes back and says, it's no problem. Because you're going home, we'll let him on. Yeah. Thank goodness. So we got that problem solved, right? So then we, you know, we, so we, we take the luggage on, we put the, the amp with the uh, fragile thing, and the sax is in a hard case, it goes, but there's no way the two guitars are going. Well, we don't tell her that. We just say, you know, we want to take the guitars on because they're fragile and it's handmade and it's $10,000 worth of equipment. And, she's, and, of course, she doesn't want to be the one to tell us no. This is the interesting thing, right? Because she knows if she says no, she's going to have a big yelling and screaming thing going on here, probably because that's what happens when you say no to a customer who's determined, right? Yeah. And she doesn't want to have that in public. So what she says is go up to the gate 
and just tell the people at the gate there and they'll look after it. Talk about passing the buck, <laughs> yeah. right? So we're going and well, John's going... You're getting closer at least. Well, that's right. And that's and John's going, well, what are they going to say when we get to the gate? I said, it doesn't matter because you're on the plane. Yeah. You know, I'll, we'll deal with what happens at the gate when we get to the See, gate. And what's the teaching in that? Don't try and read into stuff before it happens because that causes stress and frustration. That's right. Too many of us people do that, right? Yeah. We try and read into stuff. We try and mind read it, predict the future. We don't even know what's going to happen yet. That's right. And, and that was my position was like, I don't know. I'm happy you're on the plane. Yeah. And I know I don't know. And there's no way to know. Let's just relax and find out. And of course, he was... You know, he's trying, you know, he's a pretty calm kid and everything else, but you could see he's like really concerned because he's, I mean, this is a, you hear him on this guitar, it's amazing, yeah. he just makes it sing, right? I mean, yeah, there's a reason why he got a scholarship. That's right, that's right. So we get there, and of course there's no one there. We're like an hour and a half early, right? Because I knew that there was a whole bunch of obstacles in front of us to get on this plane, yeah. and the worst thing you want to do is show up five minutes after the flight's about to leave, Right, and they're closing the door trying to get on. Right, so I just said, no, we're just going to take it easy. Right, because that's another way you put stress on yourself. Yeah. Right. So the lady comes up finally to the desk, and John says, oh, she's there. I say, okay. So I go up and I talk to her. Right, and they got this big song and dance about everything that happened, you know, and these guitars. And of course, I don't have the guitars with me, so she doesn't know what they look like. Right, they're not that big, but she just doesn't know what they look like. Pass the buck again. She says, well, you know, just take it on. And when you get on, of course, you're greeted by a steward or a stewardess. If they can't, if they don't allow it, then they'll just check it right there. It's no problem. That's right. Right? So I tell, go sit down with John. It's no problem. We're getting it on. Really? He does. Of course, he doesn't believe me. He can't even believe I went up and talked. Right? Yeah. And I said, well, actually said the stewardess, when we get on board, will make the final decision. Oh. So I said, just follow my lead and it'll be fine. Getting closer. Now, you know, I travel a lot. Right? Yeah. yeah. Now, you have to understand the last eight flights I've been on, which were over like the last six months, every flight has been jam-packed. Not only is every seat full, every overhead bin is bulging. Yeah. Okay? I mean, we're talking packed. So we get on this plane, and this is what I'm going in the back of my mind. I said, we've got to get on fast because where are we going to put these guitars if we can't put them above? Yeah. Right? There's no... They, I don't think we... They won't fit underneath and plus who wants to accidentally step on it, right? So we get on. We're going to get on. We're in the line to get on. And of course, you hand the ticket off with your right hand, right? So I turn to John and say, put the guitar in your left hand. So it's kind of behind our body, yeah. right? And just sort of ignore the guitar and, and try and get through this guy as fast as possible. So you hand the ticket. Have a nice trip, Mr. Patton. Thank you very much. We're through. Now, John's feeling pretty good, right? Because we're now getting on the plane. That's but right. But at the entrance to the plane... Another lesson right there. What's the lesson there? You didn't think it through, right? You didn't think. You weren't consistently thinking, oh, my God, we're going to get caught. How are we going to get it on, right? You weren't thinking that. No. You were just like, let's go with the flow, see what happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Another big lesson there. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because I really, true, it's kind of like the law of attraction, right? If you were thinking we're not going to get on, that's what would happen to you. Oh, man. So you were just oh, already man. thinking, you know, we're going to get on, no problem, don't worry about it. So there's a big lesson in that right yeah. there. There was no option. Like, we were getting on that plane. Yeah. And we were getting on the plane with everything that we had. Right? That's right. How it happened, well, I don't know, and that's I don't right. really care, right? That's right. So, and of course, as you get up to the plane, when you get to the door, the dock, or whatever it's called, there's a little pile of luggage, that people wanted to bring on that the steward said you can't, right? (laughs) You know, there's a guy standing there with the luggage, right? So I said to John, because of course now, 
you have to show your ticket with your left hand, right? And then, of course, in our left hand is our guitars, right? So I said to John, put the guitar in the right hand. So again, like, because it's a little small entrance way, and if we can have the guitars kind of behind us, show it to the stewardess, and then put it in front of us so they don't see. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we did. We just walked right on. The guitars kind of to the, you know, to the side. Like, we didn't have it right in front so they could see it kind of beside us. Yeah. Oh, just down there. Down we went. And we're walking down, walking down. We're about three seats ahead of where we're supposed to sit. And I look up, and there's an empty, uh, what do you call those? I said it where you put your suitcases, where you put your suitcases yeah. above, right? Closet or whatever. Carry on. Carry on right. place. So I put both up there right away, closed the door, went and sat down. And I watched, and nobody opened it. Nobody went near it or anything. And then we sit down, and I crawl. We're on the plane. Our, you know, the guitars are on the plane. We're going to be home in two hours. <sighs> and, John, and finally, then John just really, well, we did it. Like, just couldn't believe <laughs> yeah. you know, And he said, there is a tone that your children use with you that you can tell they really appreciate what you've done. Yeah. And he, and he turned to me and says, Dad, thank you so much for taking me to Stanford. I just had the greatest time, and now we're going home, and it was great. That's right? pretty cool. Yeah. And so the, the postscript of the story, Monday afternoon, sat, talked to the client. The client looked at the sales letter that I had written over the weekend, loved it was absolutely, I mean, he really thought that I had no clue what he wanted to communicate and that it was hopeless. He actually wanted me to not even bother because he didn't want me to take up all all this time for nothing because yeah. he was so convinced I couldn't do it, right? And uh, and when he saw it, he was just like absolutely amazed. So cool. Just, yeah, so I mean, everything worked out uh, wonderfully. Yeah, that's cool. You know, and, and what I kind of get from that story and, and what I would like to say to the listeners is look at yourself and how would you handle that situation if you were in that same predicament in some city with, say, one of your kids or a friend or by yourself? Would you act the same way? Would, it, would you be stress-free? Would you turn the trip into a positive? You know, would it be a good thing for you or would you have been frustrated, stressful? Would you still be talking about it today in a negative way like, I can't believe that happened and gossiping with all your friends and bringing bad energy? Stop and look how you would handle that. Yeah. Because if you would handle it in a good way, that's great. But if you handle it in a negative way, you know, one motivational speaker we know says how you do anything is how you do everything. That's right. So take that into account, right? Because when Scott told me that story, I kind of stopped and looked at myself and said, how would I have handled that? Yeah. Hopefully I would have handled it as good as you because you guys handled it in a great way. Yeah, thank you. Thank yes. you. And it was fun. And it, it really was a fun a fun experience for us. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I got to see John play with jazz legends in this beautiful hall at Stanford University. Cool. It was, it was really That's nice. Awesome. I got to Fisherman's Wharf and yeah. I had the sourdough bread sandwich that they make there that they're famous for. And, That's right. That's you know, right. and different things. And a good buddy of mine... Actually, a really good friend of mine. Um, we have became better friends with. And that was his cheat day too, by the way, when he ate the sourdough bread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, you know, the hills of San Francisco are steep. Yeah, that's so right. So I walked a lot. That's right. right that's burnt, right. I, burnt, I like the excuse, but burnt, the, burnt a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you. I'll let oh. you pass with the excuse. You've been listening to Weight Loss in the Mind. Think fit, be fit. Appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to spend with us. And we'll see you next time. Head over to weightloss.podomatic.com. Leave some comments. Let us know what you thought of our shows. We'll see you soon. Goodbye, everybody.
Think Fit, Be Fit.